Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 61, Crowd Control. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everyone doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. What's going on today, fellas? Excited to be here talking to you fine gents and ready to get this thing rolling. I'm really, I'm appreciating our intro. I, I like it. I don't know if I've ever commented how, how good I think our intro is, but hopefully listeners enjoy it too. I think that's pretty well written, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. Very carefully crafted. So. It only took Pete, you know, four tries to get through it today. Yeah. <laughs> you would think after 60 episodes that I, uh, I could remember it, but but no. It's look. It's been a long. It's been a long day so far. I had to get up early this morning to do my fast passes. So it's it's been a long day. But an exciting day. I think all of our listeners would gladly swap days with you, especially when they listen to this Tuesday and it's been a long morning in the uh, office or working. That's true. That's true. And did get a flight of passage fast pass. So excited about that. Bang rang. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to be talking about, we're getting into the busier season at Disney World. And so as we get into that, we're going to be talking tonight about some rides, some attractions that typically don't have a wait, even when the crowds go to Disney World. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be able to go to Disney World on New Year's Day and get on all these attractions with no wait, because there is a limit to this. But on the busier days at the park, typically these attractions are a little bit, a little bit less of a wait. Before we get into that, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, what do we got this week? Not a terrible amount of news. We'll start over in Magic Kingdom. The first two Very Merry Christmas parties have now sold out. Uh, If you guys follow us on Twitter, you saw that we gave a shout-out to the live stream for the first night of Very Merry Christmas. You could see the Frozen stage show, uh, which I watched. I'm not sure if either of the other guys were able to catch it. Uh, It was right right there at like 6 p.m. Eastern, so... You know, getting back from work, tough to uh, tough to hop on and watch it. But I think that's good news for Disney uh, because anytime these hard ticket events sell out, means they're making money. Bad news for you going uh, to these events. You know, one thing I read about the the not so scary was that they added additional dates and it led to less sold out nights, which is ultimately great for the consumer. Very Mary did not add any dates, I don't believe, from last year. And so these these hard ticket events are, are really popular. I personally think Very Merry is better than Not So Scary. And the night that I went was sold out in December of last year. So if you want to go, buy your ticket in advance. The two main risks for that are, one, you could have a sellout night, which still isn't the worst thing in the world. You're still going to be able to do what you want to do. And two, if there's inclement weather, there's really nothing Disney can do to refund your money. So two things to be aware of. Uh, but I would say, based on the pace that it's gone so far, Make sure you get your ticket in advance and don't just bank on day of purchase. Another bit of Magic Kingdom news, uh, Maleficent's steampunk-inspired dragon is set to return to the Magic Kingdom's Festival of the Fantasy Parade. If you all remember, this caught on fire uh, months ago, actually. When we covered it on our podcast, I can't tell you what episode, but this float did catch on fire during the show. If you have seen this float go through, it does breathe fire and so i guess you always have the risk of doing that if it's especially windy outside i I think disney doesn't necessarily do the fire what's the word i'm looking fire feature as often 
Looks like it'll return, and it's, it, to me, it's the best float in the parade. So, to to have that come back is certainly exciting. Moving over to, unfortunately, no Epcot, no Hollywood Studios, no Animal Kingdom. We're going to go straight to Disney Springs. With the holiday season turning, we've mentioned Disney Springs in our Home for the Holidays episode is a good place to go. And Disney Springs Christmas Tree Tale, <laughs> Tree Tale, Tree Trail is now open. That's a good place to take children. You can meet Santa. You can see a ton of different Christmas trees, and it's kind of a quote-unquote free Disney experience uh, for the holidays. And our last bit of news here, Disney After Hours. It's a, another hard ticket event. You do not need a park ticket to participate in it. What it is is the park is open after hours, and they limit the number of tickets they sell. It's primarily been done at Magic Kingdom, and Pete and I have raved about it being a success. It's expensive. I mean, it's the same price as a park ticket, essentially. But there's no one in the park. I mean, it's 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 dead. It looks like they're expanding it to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. Now, Pete, you may have comments here. I don't think it's worth Hollywood Studios. Just going to be frank. I've been on the record saying that Hollywood Studios may be the park you skip still. So I, I certainly wouldn't pay that much money to do after hours there. No, I agree. And and looking at the attractions that are open, it's it's only rides. There are no shows available. So you've got the Toy Story Land attractions. You've got Star Tours. You've got Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, and that's it. And depending on how many people they let into this, you could still see 30, 40-minute lines for these rides. And it's only a three-hour event, correct? Correct. So, yeah, I mean, you, you see a couple 30-minute queue, queues, and your night's over. So, I mean, they can they can hand out all the free popcorn and free drinks they want. If I'm doing this, I would pay 30 or $40 for a Hollywood Studios one, but I'm not paying a full... Disney after hours price for this. Yeah, what is it? 120, roughly 110, something like that. I think it's 120. It's either 120 or 125. It's up again. You know, we not quite to where they initially began, but up from where it was last year. Yeah, from the trip that we're doing in January, Pete noticed that they had just announced it for Hollywood Studios and asked if that was a viable option for us to see everything, and we kind of elected that hey, we, you know, we'll just, you know, I think there's benefits seeing Toy Story Land at night which I don't know that you know, Pete's going to get a great view of that just based on travel plans, but I don't think it's worth it. And now Animal Kingdom, maybe, but I still think you can knock the important stuff out in Animal Kingdom in a half of a day, a little more than half of a day. You know, Pete, Pete just mentioned on, in, in the intro to the podcast that he did get a flight of passage fast pass. Theoretically, Pete could knock everything out he wanted to by 2 o'clock and you know, be on his merry way to, a, to another Disney Park if he wanted to. So that's some general news. I, I want to make sure everyone hears. We're, we're big we're big fans of Disney After Hours. We think it's great at, at Magic Kingdom. Until Galaxy's Edge opens, don't think it's a great choice for Hollywood Studios. And really, in, unless you have a three-day trip and you're trying to squeeze in Pandora, I don't see it's worth it, it being worth you know Animal Kingdom either. But other than that, uh, that, that's really it. I didn't have a lot of news. I don't know if there's anything big that you had... No, other than my fast passes are done. I think your turn's tomorrow. Yeah, big, really exciting. So I we'll, we'll we'll report back. So to give you some background, Pete's actually staying on property at Disney World, and I'm gonna stay at one of the Disney Springs hotels. And so it, obviously, no no question, he could do his. You know, sixty days prior from the first day of his reservation, we have some question on if I'm gonna be able to do that or if I will have to wait until my first day in the parks. So we will report back on our next episode. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to do the pot, the uh, fast passes tomorrow morning, which would 
marked the 60 days prior to my first day staying at the Disney Springs Resort Hotel. So we'll see. We'll see who's right. All right. Well, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Mendu WDW podcast sent you. All right, guys, well, let's go ahead and get started with our main topic for tonight. Again, we're going to be talking about rides that and, and shows, you know, so just we're going to be talking about attractions that just generally don't have a long wait, even when it, the park is crowded. So you guys want to go park by park? Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Okay, so let's start with the park that is always crowded, no matter when you go. And that, of course, is Magic Kingdom. The best park. To some. I can't. Yeah, to some. I, I can't. I can't fault you there. I mean, when you think of. Disney, right? That's that's where you go first. It's my favorite park, so I'm right there with you, Matt. Now, there are some ignorant people that would claim Epcot is better. I don't know what... Ignorant? Really? We're going there? Misguided. How about misguided? I don't think misguided is strong enough. Are you targeting one of our listeners in particular? Yes, I am, specifically. So all of our listeners that don't know us personally, we don't think this about you. But the listener who knows us personally, this one's for you. You're ignorant. All right, so let's start with Magic Kingdom. And there's a couple of attractions here that are not going to be appropriate for all age groups. And and when I think of all age groups, I'm thinking about the Prince Charming Regal Carousel. Guys, if if you're at at Disney World and there's a long line for everything else, this is probably not going to be a go-to for you, right? I can't tell you the last time that I've I've ridden Prince Charming Regal Carousel, but I mean, I get why it's on your list. I get it. I mean, it's quick, right? I can't tell you the last time I didn't ride it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, this would not be a go-to for me, but Disney's for families in most cases. And so children do not necessarily have the greatest amount of patience. And this is one that, hey, hop in a line, get on an attraction, spend a few minutes not standing in the, the heat or the crowds of Florida uh, and Orlando, and it's it's nice. Did y'all do this on your last um, 
men do Disney trip? Because I know y'all try to do almost everything for the guys who hadn't been there in a while. We did not. We didn't even think about this. Nope. Okay. Nope. wasn't even wasn't even an option. Point of the episode is it's it's crowd control. So we're we're going to give you all the options, whether or not we're trying to be unbiased. You know, we wouldn't like I said, like we said, we wouldn't ride it. And the queue as well for this attraction. I mean, is it it's shaded right? So I mean, you can get out of the heat a little bit too, depending on how long the line yeah, is. Yeah, partially. Now the next the next attraction we have is one of Matt's favorites. So th- this one works well for him. I mean, Mickey's Philhar Magic. I I don't know the last time I saw this wait above ten minutes. Yeah, I've never waited more than one show. And you're not going to be waiting outside either. You're going to be waiting inside. Um, it's going to be air conditioning. You're going to have a big, large kind of area you kind of gather in. It's, I mean, if you've been to any of the 3D shows at Disney, that means you're doing the same thing. You're gathering in a you know big area, waiting for the doors to go to open, go take your seat in a pretty gigantic auditorium. I mean, it's pretty large. I don't know what the capacity is there. And, and Matt, let me stop you right there because you said 3D. This is actually a 4D show. Which makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it even better. But you're right. This is one of my favorite attractions, and I've said it in past podcasts. You know, these are all the movies that I grew up with. So I love seeing them all together in one storyline. I love the songs. I love the characters that you're seeing. And I could do this 10 times a trip. I'll put it that way. So I love it. I love this being on on our list. And I think it is definitely a go-to option when the crowds and temperatures reach their peak. So when talking about crowd control, yeah, definitely go hit up Mickey's Philhar. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the last time I skipped this on a trip. So, I, yeah, I think it belongs on this list. Again, the weight is not bad. Generally, 10 minutes or less, and it's air-conditioned. So Yeah, no no complaints. I mean, it's I'm with you, Pete. Don't know the last time I skipped it. So I think Tom is going to be very anti the next one. And for some reason, you have this unnatural hatred for Country Bear Jamboree. And I don't know why. It's a terrible show. I would rather I would rather ride. I, there's another attraction on here that I don't like that I would rather do in Magic Kingdom than the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> I don't like Country Bear I mean, Jamboree I, either. I've never been huge into it. I think it's, it's dated. Okay. I mean, it's it's like the Tiki Room, right? And and I we can throw the Tiki Room in here too, that it's an air-conditioned room. It's generally not that long of a wait. It's fun for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes to, uh, to not be walking around. And I think we need to get back to the take your personal feelings about these attractions away and instead of just like, you know, kind of poo-poo in the Country Bear Jamboree. For the purpose of this episode, yeah, it's perfect. You know, you're going to be in air condition, you're going to get out of the heat, and it's going to be a ride that you can walk on to, which is you when know, you're trying to fill your day. If you've got 20 minutes before your Splash Mountain Fast Pass. Perfect. It's a great time killer. And you know what? Maybe I would appreciate it more the next time I go and do this because I probably haven't done this attraction in a decade just because when I was a young younger person, I... Developed severe, severe dislike for it. Well, moving on. And I, I think this is the ride you were just talking about, Tom, right? The Mad Tea Party? No, he's talking about the Hall of Presidents. Nope. Talking about the Mad Tea Party, actually. So oh, wow. The the Mad Tea Party, again, you're not going to see this wait much over 30 minutes. Oftentimes, you can you know hop right on and wait just the length of the ride before. I, I don't. I, I just get super dizzy. That I can't really fit. It's not for tall people. My wife and I, I mean, she, she I wouldn't describe her as tall. And she's petite, and we—it's like I could barely fit in there. You know, I'm a Look, own I'm a bigger, I'm a lot bigger guy than you, and I fit in there. So that's crap. I think you just don't like spinning. You know, it, it's for the purpose of the episode. This is another one. You're not going to be in the air condition, but you are going to be out of the sun. And it's something that you're over. Say, maybe you have a fast pass for Seven Dwarfs, and you're trying to kill some time, and you, you kind of stay in Fantasyland. Everyone knows about the Mad Tea Party. Everyone's done this style of ride before. You don't have to go to Disney World to do this style of ride. So th- this is another one that very rarely has a weight. And then also with the Mad Tea Party, you can control how fast you spin. 
So I think it's a lot more of, um, you know, picking who you ride with, because if you ride with me, that thing is turning a thousand miles per hour the entire ride. If you ride with Tom, sounds like that probably wouldn't be the case. You got, yeah, so you actually cannot go hands off. You will start to spin faster and faster if you just go completely hands off. You actually have to hold the steering wheel in the middle to not spin. <laughs> Learned that last time my wife and I did this. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Now, moving on to what some some people would look at as an opportunity to take a nap, but it is one that you will never have to wait longer than maybe five to ten minutes tops, the Carousel of Progress. It loads a ton of people in each theater. It's a fantastic show. Walt Disney's written all over it, so, you know, you, you have the Walt touch here. Now, sometimes I've seen my wife take a nap in this attraction. I've seen my buddies take a nap in this attraction, and sometimes fighting crowds can be tiring, so... This is a place where you can enjoy an air-conditioned, comfortable theater and watch a show or take a nap because there's going to be plenty of room in your theater to spread out. And and I agree with everything that you, you said about that and taking the nap. It Maybe you just need to take a nap. You know, it's a safe place. You can just go ride around, you know, get a quick quick 20-minute nap in. Carousel's great. You know, it's going to be something that you can do, like Tom said. I don't want to just rehash everything he said, but yeah, it's great for getting out, getting away from the crowds and cooling off, which is the purpose of the episode. Now, in, in that same vein as the Hall of Presidents, right? Yeah. It, I like the Hall of Presidents. I go to the Hall of Presidents every time. It makes, it makes me feel proud to be an American. I don't know. I get this kind of sense of... Hear Lee Greenwood in the back in the backdrop of your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But there, there are certainly people, and we have some buddies who went on this menu Disney trip with us that definitely took a nap in the Hall of Presidents, which I think is disrespectful, but, you know, whatever. That's just me. So, Hall of Presidents, same vein, not going to be generally that long of a wait. Moving to a fan favorite. This this is not an, this attraction should have a wait, but their throughput is ridiculous, and it never stops moving. The People Mover. I have waited 20 minutes for this, or 25 minutes for this, on New Year's Day. So, the most crowded day that I've ever been at Disney World, this only had a 20, I think it was a 20 minute wait. That's still worth it. Yeah, it was it was definitely worth it, but it was the only attraction that we could get on because everything else was over a hundred minutes. I can't tell you how many times I've been in Tomorrowland and I've needed a break, and I just hop on the moving escalator, going straight up to People Mover, and I, I sit two to a cart. I prop my feet up on one, you know, kind of sit catty corner to each other. This is a perfect, perfect attraction to avoid crowds, to see Space Mountain go in and out of air condition, and you actually get some really good views of Cinderella Castle. And Tomorrowland. And you can look at the crowds from above and realize how crowded Disney World actually is today. And just one more note. You brought up something that you were kind of joking about, but I, I think it's really important. This probably is one of the only places in the Magic Kingdom where you can literally prop your feet up, which is a big deal because you're going to be walking a lot in the Magic Kingdom. And you're going to be walking a lot in Disney World. And sometimes just, you know, that recirculation can really, really help, you know, get through the rest of the day. You know, we kind of talked about everything on this list that we have for the Magic Kingdom. And just to tie this up, this could be a solid two to three hours of your day, you know, just doing these, these attractions. So if you just break this up over the course of your entire time in the Magic Kingdom, I think you're going to get a lot of, like you're going to feel refreshed and you're going to, um, you know, be in a a happier mood than if you had spent, you know, five hours waiting in hundred minute lines for four attractions. Yeah. Great, great time to, uh, great things to do between your fast passes, right? So let's let's move on to what some may call the best park at Disney at Walt Disney World. Can we move on via monorail? I was I was actually waiting for Matt to say that. Yeah, let's just hop on the monorail and um, make our way over to Epcot. All right. So what do we got at Epcot? Let's uh, let's start with 
future world. And I think the majority of uh, of what we have is is going to be in future world. So a, a really really big one is mission space, and it's not going to appeal to everybody. But come on, guys, when have you ever seen mission space have a line? It it never does anymore. No matter which route you want to go. So I I think that's a good one. If you don't have anything else to do, go mission space. You can ride it multiple times, the intense yeah. or less intense side in a row. I mean, repeatedly. You could probably you could easily get three rides in an hour easily. Easily, except except for sometimes first thing in the morning for some reason it gets flooded with people. Well, because people go to, they run to test track and like oh man it's seventy minutes already let's just take a left to mission space. I have seen a thirty minute wait on mission space before. Now it wasn't really thirty minutes, but it said thirty minutes. And another cool aspect of of mission space and you know put the ride itself aside. I do think the queue is pretty pretty awesome. I enjoy the queue. I think it's. It was well well done. You bypass so much of it now, and they had such they had grand intentions for people standing in the queue and looking at all the cool astronaut things. And now you just run through it, literally. They give no, you a no running, running allowed. No running allowed. You just you you quick walk to the next person. You don't even read the warning. You just hand it back to them. So another space themed, and this is only applies sometimes because Spaceship Earth does get a bit of a wait sometimes. Let me give some advice on Spaceship Earth. Most people see first attraction, I'm going to hop in line. And that happens for people who have never been to Disney. And if you go first thing in the morning or shortly after park open, it's going to be a 40 or 50 minute wait because most people walk straight in and walked in that queue. You can hit, and Pete's right, sometimes you will see a long wait. But if, you, if you're just patient, it's like I compare it to Pirates of the Caribbean. Eventually it will be a 10 minute wait. And you don't need to stress about it. So, sometimes it'll be 40 or 50 but I promise if you stay a full day in Epcot, you will walk right on that ride without a fast pass. Really quick to touch on Tom's point, Spaceship Earth is the first thing you're going to see, but it's also like one of the most iconic structures in Walt Disney World. So people are excited to do that when they get to Epcot. A lot of people that might not you know, do their homework like our listeners do um, will just say, hey, I got to go ride that. That's the best thing here because it's the biggest thing here. So that's, an, that's one aspect of it. And I think if we're talking about crowd control, like Tom said, to mitigate that, just walk right past it. Walk right past it when you enter the park and then make your way to Soarin', make your way to Test Track and you know, playing the fast passes. But for crowd control, Definitely, definitely walk right past that as we walk into the park. Moving over to, you know, I talked about Soren. Do you guys want to touch on living with the land at all? Because I think that's a really good one that you can, you know, it's educational, which is, yeah, some people don't like that, but it's a good solid ride where you're in air conditioning and off your feet for a while. Most of the time, this, this ride for some reason gets a 45, 50 minute wait at times. And I don't understand why. I guess people coming out of Soren. Before, before after like dinner time or lunchtime, like when people are, you know, just waiting for the reservation, you know, maybe, and then, you know, walking yes. right over there. Yes. Because that pavilion does get filled up. People try to go on Soren. They realize it's got a 60 minute wait and they kind of migrate over to living with the land. So I would say this is a good, uh, this is a good option sometimes, but not all the time. That that's another one at at Epcot that if you have kids especially, Nemo's extremely popular. You you can interact with Crush and all the Nemo characters and you can I mean the aquarium is impressive. I, I think that goes it's it's underestimated how fast it's largely overlooked as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean people think about the attraction that the the aquarium's a lot of fun to spend time in. It is. You know, I'm I'm thinking about Epcot and really Pretty much it's every ride except for Soaring, Test Track, and Frozen, right? I mean, anything other than those three rides pretty much don't have a wait. Because, yeah, you look at Journey into Imagination, no wait. 
You look at Disney's Pixar Short Film Festival. No wait. And most, I mean, everything throughout the World Showcase, other than Frozen, usually, you know, the shows or the attractions don't have a wait. I would skip. I would skip Journey into an Imagination, though. It's not a great. You know, ride. you say that, but every time we've gone to Disney, somehow you end up hopping on Journey into Imagination. I, I I don't know. After a long day in the World Showcase, that's what happens. For some reason, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like a brilliant idea. We're gonna go see Figment, yay! Yeah. So well, and the it's near. They're smart because most people start in Mexico. They go to Canada. They then they're like, oh, we haven't done an attraction forever, and it's, and it's kind of like the Spaceship Earth effect. It's the first one we see, and it's like, all right. All right. Well, I'm, so pretty much everything at Epcot other than Soren, Test Track, and Frozen. Are we going to talk about the pavilions at all? Because the pavilions are a great way to mitigate some crowds too. And that's why you talk about these rides not having weights is because of the, the pavilion. I agree. But World Showcase does get, it does get pretty packed in the, uh, in the summertime. But, but yeah, there, there is a lot to do and see in the pavilions themselves as well. So Hollywood Studios? Yep. I guess we got to take a bus. I, I mean, or a Skyliner soon. Exactly. You can walk. You can walk through the boardwalk. Boat or a boat, or you could walk. We got tons of options to get to Hollywood Studios from Epcot. Just no monorail. Just no monorail. All right. So Hollywood Studios is a tough one for me because. What do you mean? There's no. There's not going to be a crowd there. No one's going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) So Hollywood Studios is a tough one for me because there, all the good rides at Hollywood Studios are going to have a wait. I mean, okay, Muppet Vision 3D is seasonal now, so you may or may not be able to get on that. When it's busy, I'm assuming Muppet Vision 3D is going to be open, right? It, I mean, you would think. They need it to be. They need it to be. So what else do you have? Voyage of the Little Mermaid? You're, you're going to wait no longer than the length of the show. And for the record, I still like the show. I, I like the show, too. It's it's not my it's favorite, live sing- but it's, it's, live singing. it's a good show. Beauty and the Beast. Great show. Yeah. Not going to have a wait. Frozen sing-along. So... Best air conditioning at Disney? The cast members told me, yeah, best air conditioning at Disney. And you wait the length of the show, pretty much. You're in shade. It is It is in the same area where Drew Carey's Sounds Dangerous attraction formerly was, where you wore headphones and kind of listened. You're not going to see much of a wait. I will tell you, be if you don't have children and you're going to do this, be prepared for all the children in there singing. Because it it's a sing-along. They encourage you to sing while you're watching the attra- while you're watching the show. So that's one that won't have a wait, and it gets you, again, out of the sun, out of the crowds. And I guess the only other attraction that I would add to this list is Star Tours sometimes. Interestingly enough, I think Star Tours has taken a huge hit since Toy Story Land opened, and you can walk on it these days. Yeah, I mean, the most I've been seeing, and and granted, we're not quite into the holiday season yet, but the longest waits I've been seeing, even during peak times, is 25 minutes. Yeah, and some of the the vloggers that I'll watch on Disney World, and, and some of the, you know, I do track the wait times. Uh, pretty regularly are are saying that Star Tours is it's almost not worth a fast pass anymore. But you run into the issue of what would you fast pass at Hollywood Studios? All joking aside, so I can tell you what I have fast passed. Yeah, I guess what Sl- yeah Slinky Dog Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster what you push for now probably exactly exactly. So I don't I don't really know if you're gonna get a busy day at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know how you're gonna get a full day in Hollywood Studios riding everything you know just once you know what i mean i think you're gonna be in and out i think you're gonna have to just bite the bite the bullet here and say hey i'm you know i'm gonna wait in some lines i'm gonna not do what i don't want to do i can tell you what we did when we in december we went to hollywood studios we did the attractions we wanted to do multiple times you know multiple midway manias multiple rock and roller coasters multiple tower of terrors and i think i've shared this on the tom does disney part two episode but we meandered through all the shops we saw every show except Indiana Jones. We took a hour and 40 minute lunch at Mama Melrose's, partially due to some stuff not working on their 
checkout method, but partially because we were just taking a break. Uh, because we said we want to stay until Fantasmic. So you, it's it's tough to say crowd control because you're going to be able to do everything. So I would I would strongly suggest to go to the shows. They are pretty good. And then to spend some time in the shops at Hollywood Studios because they're not overly crowded. Mo- most of your crowd today is going to be in Toy Story Land and in that back corner with Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. And the, and the thing to point out here is you're going to want to do all the shows and check out the shops like Tom's talking about because Hollywood Studios is kind of a narrow park as far as walkways. So while it might not seem like there's a ton of people there, like when you look at the numbers later that day, it always feels like there's a lot of people there. So just to space yourself out and give you some personal space is um, really important in this park. And you know, the things we've talked about, Muppet Vision, Indiana Jones, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and you know, Frozen Singalong, everything we've talked about is perfect. So anyway, all these things are great, and you're going to want to you know, space out your time in, in Hollywood Studios to really get a bang for your buck if you don't have Park Hopper. So you need to kind of plan accordingly. You know, it's tough because if, like Tom said, if you want to see Fantasmic, you can't really go for a half a day in the afternoon at Hollywood Studios because, I mean, that's that's when the lines get long is in the afternoon. So you really do need to do a full day at Hollywood Studios, which is which is really tough. Yeah, but Hollywood Studios is the one park if you don't have Park Hopper and, you know, you're just going to one park a day that I wouldn't go to Hollywood Studios before 10 a.m., before 11 a.m. I'd try and, you know, get some breakfast, get some sleep that morning and get in there. And you, sir, are wrong. Why? I would agree with that. Because because for, you can you can literally do everything in that park in two hours first thing in the morning. Yeah. But, if you don't go till 11 o'clock, the lines are 30, 40, 50 minutes long. But not for everything we just talked about. You get your fast passes in order. You're going to have to wait in line anyway if you're waiting for Fantasmic. I'm a park open kind of guy. Sorry. Sue me. Yeah, I'm... I'm I No, I agree. But guys, I, you guys I'm also have Park Hopper. Kind of so too. you wouldn't... You know, I mean, I'm talking about if you don't have Park Hopper. Even if I don't have Park Hopper. I never have Park guys, Hopper anymore. I wish I wish our listeners could see you guys right now because you're just vehemently shaking your head no, both of you at the same time. And just tell me how wrong well, I, I just, am. You know, look, I don't... <laughs> and that's okay. We're going for a four-day trip. I don't I don't see the benefit of Park Hopper at that point. And we've we've had a discussion about oh, this Oh, so that's, that's, that is getting way off topic here. Let's move to Animal Kingdom. Let's stay with the crowd control. All right, let's 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 do it. Let's do it. So it's packed at Animal Kingdom. Where's your go-to? And and guys, this is this is important because it's often packed at Animal Kingdom. So obviously, you're staying away from Pandora. Exactly, hundred percent. If you're trying if you're trying to avoid the crowd in a certain moment in time, I would mention going over near Dino Land. I would start with Triceratops Spin. It's not a great attraction. It, it's what you'd see at your local fair, kind of like a mousetrap type attraction. It does have a cool ride vehicle that spins. They're actually going to incorporate some of that into Gardens of the Galaxy, but that's another, again, another conversation to be had. But you're not going to see a huge wait for it. If there was a wait by any means, you can get a fast pass quick. I mean, easy for the for the minute you're standing there. If you have a toddler, it's good for that. Now, the too. interesting thing is, I, I can't remember what the height limit is on this one, but it's 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 taller than you would think. And so be be aware of that while you're over there in Dinerland. This is a sometimes. You can get dinosaur for not a terrible weight. You can get dinosaur in the morning for not a terrible weight. Yeah, this is weird to me because dinosaur does have times of the day where everything else is at 100 minutes and dinosaurs at like 25. That's why you've got to go in the early a.m. Because if you have your fast passes in order for maybe, you know, Flight of Passage, Kilimanjaro, and for whatever reason you couldn't get a dinosaur because that's probably would be the third you would have gone with. And you don't want to do Expedition Everest early in the morning. You can get you can hop right on dinosaur because people flood to Pandora, they flood to Expedition Everest, and they flood to Kilimanjaro. So this is a in the sometimes category for me. I, I, late in the day, I don't you know there are better options, but 
But in the morning, if you want to really wake up and get a nice scare, dinosaur is a good good choice. Matt's favorite scare at Disney World. Matt yes. has been terrified by pic- dinosaurs. I have the picture proof. I was gonna say though, that is definitely my you know, my favorite scare in Walt Disney World. But um closely following that is um it's tough to be a bug, which I'm sure is on y'all's list as well. But there are some pokey proddy moments in that one. When was it? What 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 insect is it that comes out to play or whatever? It's it's the yeah, you wasp. get stung by a wasp. Bees. That's it. Yeah, that's no. That's not the most terrifying part to me. The most terrifying part is the damn spiders. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been on this attraction. I give you a little ba- a little story here. We went with on the the original Mendu Disney trip, and like I said, two of our buddies had not been to Disney in years. I did not realize this group hated spiders as much as. They did three of the four. Everybody hated. I'm spiders. not a huge like. I, I'm 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 indifferent. Like of course, if I see a spider, I will try to avoid it. But I don't freak out when the spiders pop out on this from from every direction on this attraction. All three of these guys looked like like scared little kids, and Pete knew it was coming. <laughs> so it's tough to be a bug. Is one there's there's some cool features to it. It's not a long wait. It's a 4D production, as we mentioned with Philhar Magic. And you get up close to the Tree of Life. I mean, it's in the base of the Tree of Life. So some of the carvings that from afar, you, you can't maybe tell what what animal it is. You get right up next. I mean, you get right next to it. So it's a really, really, really cool cue if you're into nature and kind of observing all the hard work that went into the Tree of Life. And then the show is not bad. I mean, it's not my favorite, but... It's, it's not something you ever miss, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually try to make my way over there. There are better shows yeah, that we'll get no to wait. Without, without huge waits here shortly. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of them is Festival of Lion King. Now, I put this on the, here, but it can get a pretty crazy long wait at times. So here, here's what I, when we were putting this episode together, the three, let's just name the other shows. Festival of Lion King, there's Finding Nemo, and there's The Up Show. Up, for sure, you're never going to have to worry about a wait. Finding Nemo and Festival of Lion King, you may, but you won't have to worry about a fast pass. So if you want to use a fast pass on these, the benefit is you get you go in before the standby line. And you kind of can choose your seating. You know, if you have little kids, you want to get up close, highly recommend this. Both of these shows are fantastic. They are on the longer side. I mean, they're in the 20 to 30 minute range. So, and and there are limited showings. So that's another thing you have to kind of play with to build your day around the showing. But it's it's an opportunity to avoid the crowd. See, they're really good shows. I mean, they're, what a lot of people say, folks that do these shows at Disney World or, you know, their dream would be to be on Broadway in these type shows. And so they're, I mean, they're, they're not bad actors. They're pretty good. And they're still trying to get to Broadway. <laughs> yes. Some of them have been on Broadway. Yeah, they're still taking this seriously. Every performance of every day, because you never know who's going to be in the park with their family, you know, watching a show. And, you know, I heard a rumor, and Pete, you, you're much more into the Broadway scene, you and your wife, than either of us are. But I had heard that sometimes Disney shows that are potentially going to be on Broadway, they would test out at the parks, like a limited version of the show. Yeah, so I mean the Aladdin show is is a great example. That was at well in Frozen too. Both of those were at Disneyland and you know we're at the Hyperion Theater at Disneyland. They trialed them out there and then moved them to Broadway. Now they were shortened versions at, at Disneyland to be sure, but but yeah, that's uh that's kind of how they do. Yeah, it. I know Beauty and the Beast was one like that as well. Like the one at Hollywood Studios is a very shortened version of what you would see, but same concept. Which is really neat. That's really neat. The last thing to do in Animal Kingdom, this is geared for children. Is the Boneyard? It's it's like a back. It's a big playground where you you look up. You, you look for fossils. Sometimes Disney characters will come and interact with the children. Pluto and Donald are both big at 
popping up. And, you know, Pluto, of course, being a dog, wants the bone. Uh, Donald is, is just a staple in that area for whatever reason. But cast members are throughout. You can kind of let your little ones wander around. Uh, I believe it's a gated entrance. And so you don't have to worry about them getting loose. And they're, like I said, cast members are littered throughout the entire thing. So you can relax and take, you know, pass some time while your little ones go crazy. I agree. All right. Any uh, anything else at Animal Kingdom? That was that was it. That, that's all that I think we had for Animal Kingdom. So as as we always talk about, it's really important anytime you go to Disney, but especially when it's going to be crowded, to plan ahead. Get your fast passes sixty days out. You know, make sure you get all your dining reservations. Make sure you know exactly what you're going to do as soon as you use your fast passes. See what's available during busy times of the year. There may not be more fast passes available, but but always be looking to try to flip your fast passes as soon as you possibly can. Get the earliest next fast pass that you can and flip it into a new one. Yep, no doubt. That's the the key there. No doubt about it. All right. So anything else? I think that's it. Hopefully we 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 covered a handful four at least four or five attractions in each park. So hopefully that helps if you are headed to Disney World in the coming weeks. And the busy season, you know, as you get closer to Christmas and New Year's. All right. Well, let's go ahead to the secret and trivia question for the night. What have we got this week? So this secret, it, to me, is awesome. And I shared it with, with a few of us this week and had to bring it to the... I just found this out, so I had to bring it to the podcast. So it's one of the one of my did-you-know secrets. So did you know? Uh, obviously, Disney World Space Mountain is one of the most iconic rides within Tomorrowland and the Walt Disney Universe. The attraction does a great job incorporating sudden darkness, quick jolts, and surprising turns throughout the entirety of the attraction. However, have you ever ridden Space Mountain and thought, hmm, that was a little faster than the last time I rode it, or that was a little slower than the last time I rode it? Well, you actually may be right. Most steel roller coasters are warmer during the day since the heat conduction is more significant when it's hotter outside. However, Space Mountain operates differently as it's an indoor ride that requires lubrication. This gel solidifies as the day progresses, and when it's jelly-like, the friction slows the ride cart down. However, at night, the substance is harder, thereby providing less resistance, and less resistance means you are actually going faster. So, my advice is to ride Space Mountain at night. I knew it. I yeah, knew I've, it. I've, oftentimes, from, from ride to ride, I've thought, maybe that's a little quicker, that's a little slower. And that is that is the reasoning. Uh, so visiting our trivia question from last week, which Muppet Vision 3D character is hanging from the clock as a minute hand in front of Muppet Vision 3D? It is Gonzo. So a lot of people got that one right. Go ahead and run over to Muppet Vision before it's too late, so you can see this. And trivia question of this week, I stumped Pete on this as well already this week. What are the ride vehicles on Spaceship Earth in Epcot called? Uh, so we had a, a a question similar to this. What were the ride vehicles in Haunted Mansion called? They were Doom buggies. So what is the actual name for the ride vehicles on Spaceship Earth and Epcot? And you can tweet us at Podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your answers. Look forward to everyone participating, and uh, good luck. Hopefully you get the right answer. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.